Hello and welcome to Spooky Tales to Yell at the Night. I'm Tristan. I'm Nick. And this is a podcast we're starting because of hubris. Because <laughs> of hubris. We're very of, full of ourselves. Because <laughs> we're queer and white and think we can do a podcast. Exactly. And we decided that we're going to tell horror stories, but in a more relaxed setting. setting. We are not voice actors. I'm not going to try to be a voice actor. No. I will just... I might do Tell a voice, but it's it's not because I'm a voice actor. It's because I'm an idiot. This is no dramatic monologues, no. Yeah. And then it was a dark and stormy night. And then it was a dark and stormy night. What was it before? It was a nice sunny day. It was a nice sunny day. And then right and around then 3 o'clock, it just dropped the, the fuck off. Night. Is that how they all go? I don't know. It was a dark and stormy night. But yeah, it yeah, was a I'm dark not, and stormy night. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Coward. <laughs> I mean, I might a little bit. Maybe. We'll see. But it's more of just like, you it's know, more for friends than, sharing yeah. stories, scaring each other. I think the know. image we're trying, or the the theme we're trying to invoke is... Just having like, fun with it. Just like when you're like at a sleepover at your friend's house. I was going to say slumber party, yeah. Yeah. You know. Like a sleepover when you were a kid and trying to recapture youth because we're already in our 20s and feel like we're feeling... <laughs> <laughs> we're in our twenties. We're doing nothing with our lives, and we're trying to get our youth back. That's basically so. This. We're doing what everyone else does, <laughs> and we're making a podcast. Yes, that's the perfect, perfect solution. So we're each going to tell a story, maybe two stories, an episode. We're not quite sure yet. Um, so, are you going to go first? Yes, I will go first. Yeah, okay. I should I introduce it now? Or? Um, yeah, go ahead and say what story you're going to do, okay. and then. I figured since our title is kind of a play on scary stories to tell in the dark, or I would play blatant ripoff. Same thing. It's a <laughs> parody. Yeah. No copyright infringement here. Um, that I would share one of the stories. So I'm going to read Harold. Oh boy. Yeah. Google said it was the scariest one. Oh, so, <laughs> so we're just, we're just going to pop it right off. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm going to get right into it. From the actual scary stories yes, to tell? Yes, from the actual, the one that we're ripping off. Yeah, not spooky tales to yell at the night. <laughs> nope. We're not good enough to write a book. We can just talk about it. Right. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months. Then they brought them down to the valley again. The work was easy enough, but oh, was it boring. All day, the two men tended their cows. At night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper and worked in the garden and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then Thomas had an idea that changed everything. Let's make a doll the size of a man. Because that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. <laughs> he said, it would be fun to make and we could put it in the garden to scare away the birds. It should look like Harold, Alfred said. Let's fuck that guy. <laughs> Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made the doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name because they weren't going to name it Alfred. <laughs> Each morning on the way to their pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night, they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, How are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, very slowly. They would both laugh, but not Harold. Whenever something went wrong, they took it out on Harold, because they're assholes. 
we've already established that they hate Harold. <laughs> I know. I just want to know what Harold did. Like, that's what I really want to know is what the real Harold was like. It was 100% that- <laughs> just because of his beady eyes and pointy nose. Is this an allegory for racism? <laughs> Probably anti-Semitic. <laughs> um, they would curse at him, even kick him or punch him. Sometimes one of them would take the food they were eating, which they both were sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? He would ask. Well, you'd better eat it, or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred asked. He's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, said Thomas, and that will be that. <laughs> At least Thomas is kind of smart. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, but then Alfred's fucking a dumbass and is like, let's not do anything stupid. Because <laughs> when said you're stupidly. sentient, exactly. Because <laughs> when your sentient scarecrow starts grunting, you just decide to let it continue. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in a corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside. Now and then the doll grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> Foreshadowing. This is just a, a, a disgruntled <laughs> scarecrow. He's totally fine, though. I mean, to be honest, people are smearing shit on my face. I think I'd come to life, too. I mean, I don't know if that's... <laughs> How much energy would it take to come to life just to bitch about someone putting stew on your face? I mean, yeah, that is true. I don't know. Maybe it's just a very elaborate prank from... From the actual Harold? Yeah. Like the real Harold came to replace <laughs> Straw Harold. Is like, I heard that you were talking shit and you didn't think that, that I would hear it. it. <laughs> So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning they put Harold out in the garden and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growing, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We have been up here on this mountain too long. To clarify, they know that he can grunt at this point. And they're yeah, still they rationalizing. Kind of, yeah, they kind of just thought it was like a mouse or something, you know. Woo-hoo. Okay. The next morning while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. <laughs> he climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night long, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in a far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next. They were afraid. They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and began joking and singing. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Can't forget the milking stools. (laughs) Neither one wanted to go back for them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. Your life costs a lot to replace, too. (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. But I guess milking stools are more important. We are talking about two guys who totally just wrote off the fact that uh, they noticed their doll was growing. That is true. There was like, eh, who cares? Neither one wanted to go back with them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? Grow, grunt, it's walking on your roof. I don't know. 
a lot of things. They drew straws to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked on toward the valley. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He did not see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again. As Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. Because he fucking murdered him. <laughs> I really expected it to be a lot scarier. I know. They're, I mean, they're for kids, I guess. But I, I, I remember being so much more terrified as a child. And but this is the scariest one, it said? That's what people said. I mean, I guess as a kid, a scarecrow coming to life is kind of like, oh my god. Oh, oh he's not really a scarecrow in the actual story. They never, he's he's a, doll. a doll. They never call him a scarecrow. But they did say explicitly say they would use him to scare birds. True. And the picture certainly makes it look like a scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I saw the movie that yeah. just came out. And the movie is actually pretty creepy. I mean, it's no, you know. Well, yeah, I mean. I'm trying to think of a good horror movie. <laughs> it's no conjuring or anything like yeah. that. But, like, it, if I was a teenager, not even a teenager, if I was a preteen, you know, 13 years old, I think I'd be pretty cre- creeped out. I, I just feel like I remember these things being scary as Yeah. As well, the, the movie definitely ups the scary factor. These are more, like, implied. Yeah. And also, they're kind of, like, a lot shorter than I remember. But they're not bad. No, I, I mean, think they're good, good beginner horrors. I just, I feel weird about the story I'm bringing to because it's a lot fucking worse. That's okay. My next story is a lot scarier. Okay, I good. think it's scary. It's it's less. It, I should say scary. I really like ones that are like. I kind of do like ones that are kind of implied creepy. And I still feel like we needed to pay homage to. Yeah, we can't um, call scary ourselves stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, we can't call ourselves spooky tales to yell in the night and be like. We're, we're not going to mention. We're not going to mention. Not, the we can't fact talk that we're blatantly about it. Ripping off a title. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So I figured. So you figured. So I figured it was like it was a good it was a good start. Yeah, that's good. Plus, that's episode one. Like seven people are going to listen to this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Party. Yeah, yeah, summer party vibes. That's what we're going for. So the story I'm doing was written by Disney Security. Does it take place at Disney? No. <laughs> yes, oh, of okay. course it takes place at Disney. <laughs> and this is Why I'll Never Work Security at Disney World Again. I work security at Disney World, the happiest place on Earth. Typically, I wouldn't say where I work, as obviously there are some pretty strict rules about things employees can put online. But I just don't think I can properly tell this story without context. And honestly, I think this might be it for me anyways with this job. I just can't see myself working here any longer. I've been with the company for 23 years. End of story. That's the horror. Yeah, that's all he had to say. And I'd be like, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah. I, I could imagine working anywhere for 23 years. And could you imagine, 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 could you imagine spending like, you know, a fourth of your life at Disney. At Disney. I'd kill myself. The first <laughs> I, spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> I fucking hate Disney. I went there once. Worst time. Oh my god. You see, I'm self-aware enough to know that I wouldn't <laughs> like all the crowds and shit that's at Disney, so I yeah. just never got. So the first twenty years, I worked in the park, nabbing shoplifters, rounding up people who were drinking too much for the heat. Occasionally, there'd be a fight to break up, but people usually kept it pretty mild. It is a kids' park, after all. 
The heat and the walking were getting too much for me in the last few years, so I asked to be transferred somewhere with air conditioning, and the company moved me to one of the resorts. While the working conditions were 100% better, as far as the climate, as far as climate and comfort go, the guest issues were trickier. I guess the expense and the stress of vacation got to a lot of people, and they'd and I'd be called by neighboring rooms because mom and dad were yelling at each other. I tried to suggest they take a nap or go do separate activities for a bit, and that would usually calm them down. But none of that is where is what I'm here for now. I've got to get this out while I still have time. That's actually terrible. Never mind. I was trying to do dramatic background music, but I think I failed at it's, that. So I'll I'll include the full work. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for editing. <laughs> Three days ago, I got a call from management. Apparently, a couple of days before that, housekeeping had gone into a room that should have been uh, turned over that day. Turning over is when one guest leaves at around 11 a.m. and the next guest checks in at around 3 p.m., which I didn't know. I knew that. you and your infinite hospital knowledge kind of like knew that. (laughs) (laughs) But all of these guests' items were still in the room. Housekeeping made note of it and moved on. But during the next two days, um, when they entered the room, everything was still there and untouched. I went to check it out, and sure enough, there was an empty room full of luggage, clothes, snacks, and some toys, everything a family would need for a vacation. The manager had already looked up the previous reservation, and it was for a family, dad, mom, and two little kids. In case you didn't know what a family was, you know. I, I had no idea. Well, in case you didn't I never know, had one. <laughs> in case you didn't know what a strictly speaking heteronormative family was. Yeah. Two and a half kids. Two and a half kids. I tried to call the phone numbers they had given out, um, but all I got was the voicemail. We were a bit stumped, and so I made the call that the housekeeper could clean the room and take the family's personal items to be held until we got in contact with someone. I went digging into the reservation some more, and the family had arrived five days before housekeeping discovered all of their stuff. I found that the family had paid with a parking fee and that their vehicle description was listed. A quick walk through the parking lot, and I had easily located their vehicle, so that ruled out a car accident or them deciding to just leave all their stuff behind. Next, I saw that they had brought a dining plan. This was when a guest prepays for all of their food. They're given a certain number of credits, which is in quotations for some kind of reason. In case, you know, it's not real credit, I guess, (laughs) to use for meals. This family had only used three credits, not in quotations this time. Oh, they're inconsistent. Who expected that? No, they established the word credit (laughs) in fiction. So now that they've established it in fiction, they can use it normally, I guess. Or it's because this is a creepypasta and they got they posted it here for free. Yeah, exactly. Who proofreads for free? I feel like I shouldn't be talking about this author. So <laughs> some, some weird. Well, I did choose to do their story because I thought it was good. So hopefully yeah. they can. Somehow they hear this. They're like, fuck that Tristan guy. <laughs> Honestly, fair. <laughs>
It appeared that the day they had arrived, they got here late and probably stayed in a resort. The next day, they used two credits at Epcot, and the second day, they used just one credit at the Magic Kingdom, and it was at breakfast time. Now, at Disney, we have something called Magic Bands. Magic Bands are worn by the guests to act as room keys, park tickets, credit cards, dining reservation, uh, payment, fast pass, and more. It took some work, but I was finally able to look into the family's fast pass history. The day they went to the Magic Kingdom, they had breakfast at a restaurant in the park, rode a couple of rides, and then rode their last ride. It's a small world around 11 a.m. Then nothing. You know what? Honestly, it's kind of creepy how much Disney tracks you. Right? Like, like I don't know how true this story actually is, oh, but like... <laughs> like, I feel like everything I've said up to this point 100% cops. Yeah, the fact that they could just like figure like figure out everywhere you were in the park, everything you did. Well, that was Walt Disney's Walt Disney's dream. Walt Disney was an animator. He was a fetishist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, on that note, back to the crippling horror. Yeah. Finally, it was time to bring in someone else on all this. I called an old co-worker at the Magic Kingdom and asked him to pull security footage for It's a Small World. It's a small world. <laughs> at the time they wrote it and I made my way over there. When I got there, my friend was very confused, almost distraught looking. He showed me what he found. There's usually a camera in the direction of where the rides load and unload. The footage showed them scanning their bands to use a fast pass for the rides and then boarding the ride. The footage from the exit of the ride showed the other people in their car exiting, but they weren't there. <laughs> of course, we thought the worst. Maybe one of the kids had fallen out and mom and dad and the other kids got off in the middle of the ride and they all got injured or killed or stuck in the machinery somewhere. Yeah. Editorial note. How would one get stuck in the machinery without being injured or killed? I feel like that's a redundancy. Yeah. Not to be real dark, mm -hmm. but one time I was bored and I just found the Wikipedia page for deaths at Disney. Yeah. And I read all of them. Disney's really good yeah. at burying that shit. There was a worker, I think it was actually, I don't know if it was in this, maybe this is what kind of what inspired this. I think there was a worker, I don't know if it was the Small World ride, but they got crushed between the walls when they were changing because they stood in the wrong spot. They're also a guy in a goofy costume got ran over by the it's a dream float during a parade. Like, shouldn't laugh. I don't want to say that's hilarious because that's a person's <laughs> life. Yeah. But that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> or Gorsh. That's why this is tagged as explicit. <laughs> so, of course, we thought the worst. Maybe one of the kids had fallen out, and the mom and the dad and the other kid got off in the middle of the ride to help, and they got injured or killed or stuck in the machinery. So we shut down the ride, middle of the damn day, turned off that earworm music, and yeah, turned the lights so off. My buddy and I walked that ride three times before we called in help. Eventually... There was um, close to 10 cast members searching. We didn't find shit except for three cell phones and a hat. I was right stumped. That wasn't editorial. It said I was right stumped. I kept digging uh, the past couple of days, and I'm not sure who to tell what I found. 
Um, I called the police, and they're supposed to be on their way, but the company has a way of covering up things like this. And I decided I can't live with myself if I didn't put on some type of warning. I kept digging into their reservations over the last couple of days. And today I noticed they had purchased Memory Maker. There are photographers all over the parks and cameras in a lot of the rides. And with Memory Makers, all of those photos are free. They automatically get added to a guest Disney's account uh, when the system knows their picture has been taken. And the system always knows. Everyone's whereabouts are always known with the magic bands. Okay, now that's scary. End of story. There's your horror. (laughs) Disney is using facial recognition. (laughs) Doesn't matter if you get the, like, princess whatever face paint. They know where you are. They know who you are. And they are always watching. So when you stole that water out of Pirates (laughs) of the Caribbean three years ago, they knew. They just let it happen. (laughs) All right. Well... We opened up the Memory Maker and photo album, and I swear, there are 732 pictures. The first 30 or so are pretty normal. Epcot, a few rides in front of the castle, but the rest, the rest are all in It's a Small World. The ride only takes one picture per go-around, so it appears as though this family has ridden this ride over 700 times. Just doing some quick math, 702. (laughs) The first picture was pretty normal. Everyone looked happy. It was a busy day, and we had a full car full of guests. The next one is rough to look at. The car is is empty except for this little family, and they look so damn confused. The next 10 to 15, I can see the dad getting angry and yelling. Mom is holding on to her two kids like her life depends on it, and you can see the kids getting increasingly upset and crying. And it goes on and on and on. After 50 or so, it looks like they're trying to get out. In one, the dad is missing. In another, they're all gone. Maybe like they've bailed early in the ride and tried to walk out. But it's the very next one. They're all back in that damn car. It's just when I look closely, I can see the dad. Or maybe just his body now. Slumped over one of the other car seats. Since about 675 There's just mom and one kid, another body in the seats. And mom and the kid aren't moving anymore. I think they're still alive. They're just damn near catatonic, looking straight ahead, pale. And y'all, I swear on my life, the dolls are moving or something. In some of these pictures, I can tell they aren't where they should be. I even saw one doll in the car with this family. I can't look at it anymore, or I'm going to lose my lunch. I closed the album. The file size has increased since I closed it. God, are there new pictures being added? I see on security cameras that the local police department just arrived, so they'll take over soon. I I wish I knew what was going on, but I also wish this damn thing never landed in my lap. I don't think I'll be able to update this. After I talk to the police, I think I'm going to walk out of here and never come back. I just wanted to get this out here there. Before Disney feeds the media some lies and covers up the reason behind the whole family vanishing. Because they didn't vanish. I know exactly where they are. <laughs> so, I really liked that story because um, I really like horror stories where, uh, like, 
they don't die in the end. Like they're yeah. not just all gone because that's almost like, cause that's not really horror for the reader or it's just horror for the reader. This like the family is scared. Like, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, no, that's definitely. And it's a lot darker than you. Yeah, yeah, no, mine's just like some scarecrow coming to life, being like, let's be fair. I think I may rather (laughs) ride It's a Small World over not like 700 times than uh, get my skin cut off by an animate doll that I stuffed myself. Yeah, no, this. It's putting a scary story to tell in the dark. Like it's really creepy, but the way mm-hmm. they tell it is very not because it's very not creepy until they're like, "Oh, by the way, like he ripped his skin off." Yeah. At the end, you're just like, "Oh, that's what happened." Well, I think the art behind uh, scary stories to tell in the yeah. dark is um, that it lingers yes. a lot longer. I mean, this story it was I it was really great. I think it was a, a way too much exposition in the yeah. beginning. Like a lot of this probably could have been covered by I'm a security guard at Disney. Yeah. Like we know Disney stocks us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very like, I kind of like the way they, when they do that style where it's like, it's being written in the moment. Yeah. That's cool. I like that a lot where he's like, I don't know if I can update this. I'm going to leave, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a trope. that's a little bit overplayed now, especially with the internet, especially with the internet. But, but it also adds a sense of realism that wouldn't be there. And exactly. Also because of the internet. Yeah. And I guess all the details, I, it kind of does a fine line where it's like all the details there kind of like to, they're trying to prove they really are a security guard at Disney. Yeah. But also it kind of like. I feel like if you were actually a security guard at Disney, you would have been like, so this has been my fucking job for 20 years. <laughs> You'd be like, listen to this shit that happened today. I also don't think that this kind of crap would make you leave because like you were talking about earlier, this kind of, like, not this kind of shit, because this is, like, ghosty supernatural mm-hmm. shit, but, like, people die in Disney a lot. And, yeah. like, people get hurt in Disney a lot. I mean, it's a huge park. Yeah. It's basically a whole city. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's going to be people who get hurt and people who die. But um, I don't know if this would kick a 20-year-old security yeah. uh, guard out. I feel like at that point you'd be like, I've seen some shit, guys. It's yeah. been a long 23 years. Yeah. Also, I love he's like, I'm fine with domestic violence, but oh, I draw yeah. the line at supernatural ghosts. <laughs> I draw the line with riding one ride a thousand times, <laughs> which is more annoying than like anything else. I mean, I guess if I had to listen to I've never even been to Disney and I wouldn't want to listen to that. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Um, But I I really enjoyed that story, which is why I wanted to bring it especially to our first episode. It was either this story or another story that happened in Disney. Oh. oh. (laughs) Um, I'd be like, it's between this story or another story. That's what I'm like, oh, wow. This story or another. Um, no, but um, another Disney story where, uh, like, a demon took over a Mickey Mouse costume and was, like, eating ch- kids. Mm. But I felt like that was a little much. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought this one would be good to bring. So this has been Spooky Tales to Yell at the Night.
our podcast where we um, yell horror stories at you. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of yelling. No, but we should do that more in the future. I can yell I can more? scream more. Yeah, I think that should be our uh, <laughs> our stick. What's what's your podcast about? Oh, screaming. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, we're here to tell stories and not be too pretentious about it. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> just have fun. Just, you know, maybe make some of them a little less scary, which I the guess... The way you would tell a story at a sleepover. Yeah. A scary story at a sleepover. Um, we haven't come up with a good way to end this yet. Yeah, we've just been rambling for um, the past three takes, but... It's only been two and you're not supposed to say that. Um, I'm hashtag relatable. <laughs> hashtag teens, get up on us. Um, Hello, fellow kids. How's it going? <laughs> But if we can bring horror stories to people who wouldn't normally listen to horror stories, because, you know, No Sleep is out there like, dun, 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 and we're out here like, so fucking Harold sucks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, think that's, I think that's the niche we're trying to fill. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This has been Spooky Tales to Yell at the Night. Um, thank you for listening. Stay spooky.